0: Welcome to Sidebar. Once again, I'm taking over Sidebar to talk about true crime, suckas.
1: Yeah. I was
2: going to ask, Laura, do you have a problem with this? I mean, is this something we should be concerned about? Because it seems like all true crime all the time.
0: You know, I'm going to choose not to answer that question.
1: I like it because Laura is, in essence, boiling down which true crime cases I should care about because the general public is right, is usually wrong about which cases I should care about. than which which like Netflix true crime specials I should care about and all that. So I like Laura distilling this down for me.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, and there's a ton of them. You know, yeah, true crime is huge. Thanks. Thank you for enabling me in this. I do recall one time um, trying to tell a friend that whatever movie we were watching was too scary for me and they said you listen to serial killer documentaries to fall asleep you're a monster (laughs) (laughs) like well you're not wrong but yeah well and and i think especially lately there's been a lot of interesting true crime news especially with um older cases coming back into the news and so
1: oh who we got this time
0: oh yeah we got today we've got scott peterson oh just a name that you probably recognize but haven't thought about in a long time
1: that's a name i didn't ever want to think about again
0: (laughs) (laughs) so yeah scott peterson uh, for anybody out there who doesn't remember this huge case from about 20 years ago
1: for all of our gen z listeners
0: for all of those that we have so almost 20 years ago scott peterson was found guilty of murdering his wife and his unborn child in one of the most highly publicized modern criminal cases that the country has seen. And part of that is because the case happened in about 2003-2004 when the 24-hour news cycle was starting to ramp up. And to fill that 24 hours, everybody just kind of jumped on the Scotty P. bandwagon. And, you know, any little detail about this case that came out was a huge headline just to fill time, really.
1: Yeah this this was the case that really vaulted Nancy Grace into her moment of glory.
0: Oh yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And it's you know I'm not going to get too much into my opinions on this case, other than the then I will say why. Well, because we it it's sidebar. I don't have time.
2: <laughs> well, I was going to say you you just called them Scotty P, so you two are obviously pretty tight.
0: Obviously, yeah. We we talk. i call san quentin all the time no i don't i'm not i do not talk to prisoners on death row that's i don't need that rumor to start but it, it is it is an interesting case um especially because all of the evidence is circumstantial you know for many people the fact that scott had an affair made him look very guilty but really it just made people conclude that he was a bad guy and therefore even though there wasn't any physical evidence tying him to his wife's death or like this guy's guilty, and he was given the death penalty over the years. He has maintained his innocence, and there are quite a few people out there who believe him. And, like I said, it, it is a strange case. Uh, if you want to know some of the details, there's tons of actual true crime podcasts out there that you can listen to about it. I'm here to talk about why his case is back in the courts because now, more than 15 years later, there's a good chance that he's going to get a new trial. Wow, yep. So the background of this case, uh, in 2002 on Christmas Eve, Lacey Peterson disappeared from her and Scott's home in Modesto, California. She was eight months pregnant at the time with their first child. And like many true crime stories, suspicion pretty quickly fell on Scott because he was the husband. He was, as far as anybody knew, the last person to see her alive. And then as the search for her went on, it came out that he had had an affair with a woman named Amber Fry, who became a huge, huge part of his trial for the prosecution. A few months later, Lacey's body and the baby's were were found in the San Francisco Bay and Scott was arrested near the Mexican border a few days later. So this whole thing with going to the border, it's weird (laughs) and it definitely made him look very guilty because he was near the Mexican border with a couple different IDs.
1: Yeah, going to the boor- going to the border is a totally non not guilty move.
0: Yeah. But again, I, like I said there's no there was no physical evidence that proved how Lacey was killed, when she was killed, or by who. If Scott Peterson didn't do this, this guy has truly the worst luck in the whole world, maybe even worse than our previous sidebar topic Robert Durst.
2: Ugh.
0: Um because Scott actually got convicted. Um, and so in, in 2004, Scott Peterson was found guilty of murdering um, Lacey and their, and their son, and he was sentenced to death. And so we kind of fast forward to, and it, well, he, he sat on death row for 18 years. We
1: should also note that even though California has like a very, very large death row, they don't really execute anyone anymore.
0: Not usually, no. Well, and and all death row cases automatically get appealed. So when his case reached the California Supreme Court, they actually overturned his death sentence last year and sent the case back to at least have the penalty phase retried. And the reason for that was that the, the Supreme Court found that during jury selection, the several jurors were dismissed by the prosecution because on their questionnaire that they filled out ahead of time, they indicated that they at least had some... I guess, misgivings about the death penalty. And so they ended up with a jury that might have been stacked against him as far as giving him the death penalty. However, there is Supreme Court precedent that, ho- that holds that you can't do that. Um, a person can't be dismissed from a jury just because they're generally opposed to the death penalty. They, they've got to have more than that to dismiss you. Interesting. If anybody wants to read that case, it's Witherspoon versus Illinois from 1968. We've got it on fine laws, cases, and codes. (laughs) That's sort of issue number one in, in the new Scott Peterson case. And that's why for sure, they're at least going to be retrying the penalty phase. Then running in the background of this, we've got the possibility that he might get an entirely new trial and it again has to do with the jury, so Peterson's attorneys argue that he was not given a fair trial because a woman named Rochelle Nice, also known as juror number seven, um, did not disclose her history with the legal system during the jury selection process. So essentially it came out that when she was asked if she had any history of being a victim of a crime or some other related questions that prosecutors often ask, she said no, but that wasn't true. Um, In 2000, just a couple years before serving on Peterson's jury, she was threatened and harassed by her by her partner's ex-girlfriend to the point that she filed a restraining order. She was also four months pregnant when that happened. So uh, it's pretty easy to see why Peterson's attorneys are saying, really, we kept this person on the jury. However, her attorneys have released statements saying that, you know, she sat through the trial for eight months and came to the conclusion that based on the evidence, Scott was guilty, and that the that his lawyers are just trying to vilify her as a rogue juror, and just just because they need, I guess, a straw to grasp. Um, and so that's the basis for what might be an entirely new trial. Um, no news yet on whether that is going to happen. The it's been sent back to a trial court in San Mateo County, and. They are expected to make a decision pretty much any day.
2: Isn't the defense partially that there's new evidence that's come to light? Yes. Did I read that correctly? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so what he's claiming that maybe there was there was a burglary across the street on the same day mm-hmm. that his wife Lacey disappeared and that police yep. did not follow it up at the time. The implication mm-hmm. obviously being
0: that it was the
2: burglars and not, not Scotty P.
0: Right. (laughs) I'm glad I started that. Yeah, the, the new evidence part will be interesting if they do get a new trial, because one of the things that people often point to is that there apparently are several people who claim that they saw Lacey out walking their dog after he had left the house, which, if that is true, it completely blows up the prosecution's timeline. So I'm sure that that will come up as well.
2: So when do we hear more?
0: Yeah, well, yeah, Peterson appeared before a judge on Zoom on April 27th for status conferences relating to the penalty phase. The, yeah, the other judge has just been tasked with deciding whether the entire trial should be redone. And yeah, it's been a couple of months now already since that was sent back. But so far, yeah, it could be any day.
1: Is celebrity lawyer... And mustachioed extraordinaire Mark Garagos <laughs> gonna be involved in a new trial again if if Scotty P is able to get a trial? I think so.
0: I don't actually know the answer. That
1: to would that. be fantastic. Yeah. I love I love colorful lawyers, as we talked about with the Durst case too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dick DeGuerin <laughs> is a good one. I believe Pat Harris is the is the lead attorney okay. for <laughs> for him right now thanks for listening to sidebar from fine laws don't judge me we'll be releasing these every other week between our full-length episodes please subscribe to rate and review our show wherever you listen to podcasts and if there's a topic you'd like to hear us cover send us an email at finelawpodcasts at ThomsonReuters.com.